BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. On this episode of Newt's World... We're continuing our new series on the road to the midterms, looking more closely at what voters are talking about around the country. My guest today has worked professionally as a strategic consultant and pollster for 40 years. He's helped some of America's most successful corporations and won some of the toughest elections in the country. In 2016 and 2020, John worked as an advisor and pollster for President Donald Trump from the primaries through Election Day. I'm really pleased to welcome my guest and my good friend, John McLaughlin. He is the CEO and partner of McLaughlin & Associates, a leading research and polling firm. Listen, thank you, John, for joining me on Neutral. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to see you again. So you just had a national poll come out giving you a sense of where the country's at. What was your general feeling about the poll? These are some of the worst numbers I've ever seen. And when you think about it, you know, I've worked and watched you work for decades now and had a front row seat when you took over the house in 94. And to have 71% of all voters say we're on the wrong track and only 22% of likely voters across the country saying the country's heading in the right direction is a phenomenal number. And a lot of the media pollsters earlier in the year were discounting us and not paying attention. Now they're all following our numbers. And probably most distressing in the numbers, 56% of all voters already think we're in a recession. And 80% think the economy is getting worse, not better. Only 15% said better. And one of the really stunning numbers was 
When we asked them regarding inflation, because that's the top economic issue, most voters are saying the economics are their top concern, 42% said that they are struggling to make ends meet. That's in the United States. They can't afford basic necessities, food, gas. You saw it in focus groups we did for the new American majority earlier this year and last year, where four out of 10 Americans can't afford basic necessities and they're having to cut back. Another 39% have made significant changes in their lifestyle, whether they're not driving as much, they're not taking a vacation, the kids going to state school instead of private university, et cetera. So they're cutting back on things they're used to. And only 17% said they're not affected by it. So these are really bad numbers. And public opinion says it's going to get worse. It's worse than 1994 when we took the House and the Senate. Well, you know, I was very struck that even among Democrats, 47% said we're going in the wrong direction. And 41% said we're going in the right direction. When the base party of the incumbent president starts to break like that, he is a real problem. And what the real problem is, his base is breaking up. So we have a minimum amount of Democrats that, you know, there's a floor for him. 37% of the voters in our poll are Democrats. So he's got to crack the floor to get below that. And it's modeled after the 2020 turnout. And we have 41% approved the job he's doing, 57 disapproved. But you've got a quarter of the voters, 26% of the voters who voted for him in 2020 now disapprove the job he's doing. And, you know, you got four to 10 Democrats saying they're on the wrong track. So there's real cracking up in their base that whether it's Hispanic voters, Asian voters, young voters, African-American voters, they're available to a new 21st century style of politics where there's going to be new 21st century coalitions of voters. I went through the data this morning and I noticed that even with this kind of a collapse at a performance level, the Democrats are still in a position where the generic ballot's not nearly as bad for them as you would think it ought to be, given how much people are upset with what's going on. Well, as you point out, the opportunity is not for a Republican majority yet. The Republicans are ahead in the generic ballot, 48 to 44 in the poll, and they'll probably get five or six points of the undecided. But there's an opportunity for an American majority where on 24 issues, you've got 62% of all voters agreeing with, and we say the Republican position, whether it's on economic issues, education, healthcare, immigration, crime issues, moral issues. The Republicans have the upper hand on issues right now going into this election. Now, of course, the Democrats would argue that, for example, the Supreme Court decision on abortion suddenly gives them all sorts of new energy. I mean, did you find that to be true in the kind of one-sided way they think it does? Well, at the end of June, when we did the survey, it was done right before Dobbs was released, but it was certainly after the leak about Alito. Only 5% said the abortion was a top issue. But the Democrats in the national media want that to grow because they don't want to talk about inflation. They don't want to talk about immigration. They don't want to talk about healthcare or education even, let alone crime. So I think we have to watch that because most states are not going to change their laws. And there is a sonogram generation where you can see in Texas and in Florida, they have not totally banned abortion, but like DeSantis in Florida has moved the law to where it's 15 weeks. It's not the six months that Roe v. Wade has. And the majority of Americans support that because 
these younger voters who have had children and they're not that young anymore, a lot of them, they're willing to move it back. I got a call the other day from George Allen and George, when he ran for governor in 93, were attacked on abortion in Virginia. And most Americans at the time would describe themselves as pro-choice, five to three nationally. It certainly was in Virginia. And he was in favor of reasonable exceptions and he defended it and he was able to win the race for governor in 2000. He won the race for Senate and we were attacked by the Democrats with ads. But he was in favor of the reasonable exceptions and he was willing to argue for that position. And he won the elections because most Americans were there in that position. So I think right now the Republicans are winning the debate where in our polls, roughly half the voters are pro-life, half the voters are pro-choice. So parity is probably a dangerous position to be in because on an emotional issue, you're going to have even sides. But public opinion is moving towards the Republican side. The question is, what's the public willing to accept right now? And they probably won't accept an outright ban, but certainly most voters would accept restrictions after the first trimester. And certainly a lot of the Democrats, like in New York, they have abortions right up to the ninth month. I mean, most Americans don't like late-term partial birth abortions. They just think that's too heinous. So it's going to be a debate in a lot of states, but a lot of states like New York, Illinois, California aren't going to change their laws. And it's going to be up to the states. And the Democrats will want to talk about it because they don't want to talk about inflation, open borders, out-of-control crime, and international security where they can't get Putin to stop his attacks on Ukraine. Europe's in a lot worse position than the United States is because they're facing a winter where Putin may cut off their gas and oil, and Joe Biden is not increasing American production to lower the price of oil in the world, let alone the supply. You know, one of the things that leaps out at you in looking at your most recent data is the degree to which this whole issue of energy and inflation just overwhelms almost everything else. Correct. Remember when Joe Biden gave his State of the Union speech, and then in June he was saying we got this booming economy, and he's been singing all these happy praises, whatever they put on his teleprompter. He's saying it. I would get calls from reporters, and they would say, do you think his ratings will go up? And I said, yes, until somebody has to buy gas or food, and then it'll go down because, I mean, you saw it in the focus groups we did for the New American Majority. I mean, voters were saying they were shocked in supermarkets. They were cutting back. They couldn't afford meat anymore. They couldn't afford to drive their cars, couldn't afford to get to work. I mean, we've not seen this. This is worse than Jimmy Carter. We've not seen this this bad since maybe Herbert Hoover. I was very struck. A woman who said that she had to go to four or five stores to get infant formula, and she couldn't afford to buy gas to go to four or five stores. So she's sort of hit by a double whammy. I mean, it's unbelievable the kind of stories. And the media is not covering it where... You know, you'll see moms on Facebook saying that they're looking for supplies of infant formula and they'll have family members get it, their mother, their girlfriends, they'll go get it. And they can't afford to drive around to the stores to find it if they can find it. And, you know, the mainstream media is really not covering it. There's some, but they're not holding Pete Buttigieg responsible. You know, they're airlifting formula from Europe into the United States. It's the reverse of the Berlin airlift. This is just terrible. But of course, part of that, I think, is this is a propaganda media for the left. It's not a news media. I've taken to calling the New York Times Pravda and the Washington Post as Vestia because I think it captures the degree to which they're just totally dishonest. Right. And when you look at who's responsible for the media, you've got Democrats that are basically running the media. Stephanopoulos does their morning news. 
who's Clinton's guy. Chuck Todd was a Democrat operative. I mean, you have, well, he's not there anymore. Chris Cuomo, who wants to be a volunteer fire department guy now in the Hamptons. But they control the media. Yeah, I mean, one of the most interestingly complex Democratic states is New York. I'm curious, you know the state really, really well. How much erosion are you seeing there in the Democratic Party with all this stuff going on? It's significant because crime is out of control. And because we do campaign surveys, we're working for Lee Zeldin. He got into the race against Andrew Cuomo, and he went after him on his COVID response. He went after him on the nursing home scandal. He went after him on corruption, and he went after him on taxes. And this cashless bail in New York is just out of control. And Kathy Hochul, who was his handpicked partner in this as a lieutenant governor, is just keeping that there. Lee Zeldin was out there saying this bodega owner who had to defend himself while he was being knifed from a guy who could have killed him. They sent him to Rikers Island, and the person who stabbed him was never sent to jail. No charges placed. You know, fortunately, the Soros-funded Alvin Bragg district attorney in Manhattan, who hasn't been enforcing the law, has been let things out of control. He dropped the charges yesterday because of public opinion pressure. And, you know, Lee Zeldin and a lot of Democrats in New York City are just fed up. So we saw it last year in the suburbs of New York, in Nassau County, where we upset the sitting county executive and we beat the district attorney. But people are waiting for the election. They can't wait to go vote in the election this November to turn things around. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path. And now you can own a piece of that history. I'm thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition, one-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform that led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. 
available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Are you seeing a significant difference in enthusiasm between Republicans and Democrats in terms of voting? Yes. That's why the Democrats are trying to change the agenda. They're looking for something that will get their voters back out. I mean, they're missing Donald Trump in the worst way. And ironically, it's probably backfiring on them a lot. But when you look at Biden's disapproval rating, Hispanics, it's 55-44 in our last poll. 33% of African-Americans disapprove. Voters under 55, 53 to 43, they disapprove. You know, suburban voters where they were able to run even or beat President Trump in some areas, they disapprove of Joe Biden 60 to 38. So what happens is the wrong track and the disapproval for Biden become a catalyst for voting for Republican. Even though Biden's not on the ballot, he's on the ballot. I've been writing my newsletter, which people can get at Gingrich 360 for free. I do three a week. And I just did one on the whole notion of big elections versus small elections, that to the degree that we can nationalize the election and every Democrat has to carry Joe Biden, they're just going to get crushed. And to the degree that they can try to hide and pretend that it's sort of mano a mano, that it's the individual candidate versus the individual candidate, they have a dramatically better chance of survival. And one of my concerns is whether or not the Republican consulting class can sort of subordinate its ego to just calmly run a winning election by focusing on Biden over and over and over and linking whoever they're working for into that choice. You want this guy to go and work with Joe Biden, or do you want somebody new who's not going to work with Joe Biden? My guess is that becomes crushing in terms of the results. Well, there's also they have to subordinate their own egos because they like to talk about who they are, why they're running themselves. But this is an offensive election. Remember the 94 election? I remember in September delivering a poll to you, and it was with the House leadership. Haley Barber paid for it. Bill McCollum, who was in House leadership with you, paid the other half. And they took the poll to see if they needed to compromise on Hillary care, that if we didn't compromise, we were going to lose the election. And there were a lot of polls that said we were losing the Democrats, but they were wrong. But we had the Republican generic vote up seven. And I said, I've never seen the generic vote for Republicans up seven, ever. And you sat there the whole time smiling, and Bob Michael was talking about how they're going to organize the House. But it was all about your contract and playing offense, where we went after the Democrats on workfare. We went after the Democrats on term limits. We went after the Democrats on government control of health care. Then it cost Tom Foley his seat. But in effect, you have to play offense. And it's a debate of ideas. And your new book, Big Government Socialism, is a debate of ideas. It's a debate of point of views. It's a big election. And we need that kind of big election with our candidates playing offense, going after the Democrats, 
Certainly the lack of results are there where people think the country's on the wrong track and they think Joe Biden's failing and they want to change. And you saw it in 94, we saw it in 2010, we saw it in 2014, but this is bigger. This is like really fundamentally, America is changing and the voters don't like it. They're desperate to vote to stop what's happening to their country and to be able to put things back on the right track. It was very striking to me. I mean, I've lived through a lot of stuff in politics. I first ran for Congress in the middle of Watergate in 1974. So I've been through a number of ups and downs. But when Rasmussen reported recently that only 29% of the voters want Biden to run again, that strikes me that's almost a catastrophic number. Oh, yes. That's Lyndon Johnson time. That's like, remember when Johnson got out after New Hampshire? In our survey, granted, it's a national survey and it goes state by state when they do the sequence of the primaries. But when we ask the Democrats in a field of candidates with Joe Biden, he only gets 23% of the vote. And there's no heir apparent. I mean, Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama get some double-digit votes, but everybody else is in single digits. You got AOC at six, et cetera. So there's a real lack of leadership and vision there. And the Democrats are ready to throw in the towel on Biden. And in fact, when we asked them, should he take a cognitive test and make it public, 58% of all voters said yes. They now doubt his ability to be president. It's interesting because the 29% who do want Biden to run again is the same number, 29%, that think that if Biden doesn't run, that Harris should. But 56% say that Harris should not run for president. Now, that's a remarkable number for a vice president. Yes. And I'm convinced what she is, she's impeachment insurance. Biden picked her because they know (laughs) nobody wants her to be president. So he doesn't have to worry about the 25th Amendment or anything while she's there. Because ironically, her numbers are as bad or worse than him. While he's losing in this poll among a thousand likely voters across the country to Trump, 49 to 44, she loses by 10 points. And there's something where African-American voters are up for grabs, suburban women are up for grabs. She's not the moderate that Biden was supposed to be, and Biden's certainly not the moderate he was supposed to be. So voters really want change this time. This is sort of childish, I guess, but I actually think that the laugh is a big problem. The way she laughs is just sufficiently off-putting that people don't want to see her as president. Well, she gets asked serious questions. And then there's a gobbledygook answer or there's a nervous laugh. She had a moment in the first debate with Biden during their primary campaign. And that's when she peaked and she fizzled to 1% of the vote after that. So the more that people see her, the less likely they are to vote for her. That's not a good effect if you're a candidate, particularly if you're one, if something happened to God forbid to President Biden, she would take over and there'd be a real lack of confidence among the voters. On the other side of the aisle, do you think it makes any difference this fall whether Trump announces before or after the election? I would say he should wait. And the reason is, is because there's pragmatic concerns. In effect, he's doing rallies around the country. If you announce, you're going to have to pay for it out of hard dollars from your presidential campaign instead of from whatever their leadership pack is or whatever they've got. Also, you become a target for the Democrats. Right now, Joe Biden will be in far more Republican ads than Democratic ads. And, you know, Donald Trump, he may or may not run, but why become a target? Let your enemy destroy themselves. What's amazing in the polls is when we asked the parallel question on him, and I'd spoken to him early in January 21 during impeachment, I said to the president, I was meeting with him down Mar-a-Lago, I was looking at the poll numbers, and I said, 
This is like Reagan and Ford. Ford won the nomination. And in 76, there was a lot of buyer's remorse as Carter failed for four years. And Reagan ended up winning in a landslide. I said, you're going to have to wait until Biden fails. And as he fails, your numbers will get better. Particularly, the base will really realize that this was a big mistake. And so in our poll that was just out last month, 70% of the Republican primary voters, including independents, want him to run again. If he runs again, they support him 84 to 14. In a field of 13 candidates, he leads with 59% of the vote. And the next closest is Governor DeSantis at 15. Everyone else single digits, including Mike Pence, et cetera. So Biden has become, as he fails, he's become this place for buyer's remorse where people are saying, you know, I may not like the tweets. We get focus groups. I don't like the tweets. I don't like his comments. I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to watch the rallies. But he was a good president. I'd vote for him again. And whether it's keeping Putin out of Ukraine or having low gas prices or having a growing economy and having a stable dollar where you didn't have to have the inflation tax every month where you're losing money every time you go to the store and the market was up, I mean, people would want him again. So the Democrat failure is actually keeping Trump alive and they're panicked with the January 6th kangaroo court committee and with other things where they're trying to do what they can to stop him from running. But as they fail, they're recreating Donald Trump. Do you see any likelihood that the January 6th committee actually has a long-term impact? Well, you know, when you look at what happened with the Durham case, when they brought a trial for the guy they thought they had with the perjury in Washington, they brought it to a jury in Washington where they had Hillary Clinton donors, Democrats. What you're afraid of is that they're creating a one-sided group of information where they're going to say, we should indict him. And they've corrupted the Justice Department. They've corrupted FBI. They ignore the Hunter Biden scandal. Some U.S. attorney could bring a case in Washington and you could have a jury full of Trump haters. And that would be a disaster for the country because half the country would lose respect for the judicial system. And they already think it's corrupt. The Iranian model of knocking people off the ballot would just lead to literally extraordinary tension in the United States because you got 70 some million people who would say, what do you mean I don't get the right to vote for who I want to? And they tried it with House members. They tried it with Jim Banks. They tried it with Margie Taylor Greene. I mean, they're obsessed with the 14th Amendment that says, if you commit insurrection against the United States, a Civil War statute that was applied to Civil War soldiers. I'm told that the leading Democrat member who used to teach constitutional law at a law school before he ran, and is the person they most listen to, he is absolutely convinced they can apply the 14th Amendment, which is crazy. I mean, forget law. As a matter of common sense, in a free society, the idea that you're going to block the most popular person in the opposition party, assuming that's where Trump remains, that would sort of turbocharge Trump. I mean, at that point, he'd become a martyr, and his ability to arouse huge crowds would be unbelievable. Yes. And as the Democrats keep failing, where they're trying to change the election laws, get rid of voter ID, have no excuse absentees, ballot harvesting, et cetera. They're trying to go back to what they were allowed to do in 2020. As they do that, you know, they're undermining democracy and the people are too smart for it. Even in New York last year, we beat their propositions on the ballot to change the state constitution to allow same day registration in a state where you can't ask for voter ID. Conservative party funded it. It was the same day as the mayor's race. 
New York Democrats voted against this and went down 58% of the vote. And the no excuse absentee went down 56% of the vote. It was driven by the conservative party. People don't like corruption. And the voters are going to speak out about it and they're going to defend democracy and they're going to change a lot of these characters in November, on November 8th. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. I've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely. That's why I've personally invested in Legacy Precious Metals. At Legacy Precious Metals, they're not leaving your financial future to chance. They're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement. In partnership with them, I'm thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich contract with America Coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when, against all odds, we balanced the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history. And now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift. You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. ask you about one other aspect of the midterm. There seems to be a general consensus that McCarthy will be speaker and that the Republicans will control the House, but a lot of confusion about the Senate side. What's your take on how you see Senate races around the country? The Senate races are much more competitive because Chuck Schumer is raising more money. 
than Republicans. So you could see that in published polls, I'm not working for Herschel Walker, but Herschel Walker was a little ahead. Now he's a little behind. They're shelling him. They're going to spend a billion dollars there. It seems Adam Laxalt is doing well in Nevada. I'm working for Jim Lehman in Arizona. He's in a hard-fought primary with Blake Masters and Mark Bernovich, and that'll be decided soon. But whomever wins is going to be broke. And Mark Kelly, where the Democrats have already run tens of millions of dollar ads, is going to have more resources. Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire, she's waiting for the September Republican primary to see who she's going to shell. Plus, the Republicans have to defend Ron Johnson. They got to win the seat in Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz. North Carolina looks fine. Ohio looks fine. But the Senate's going to be close. On the House, on the other side, when you look at the ratings, this 56 Democrats are already listed as vulnerable on the different scales. And when you have a wave election where you have 21 of them, of those Democrats are already in lean Republican, tilt Republican, or toss-up seats, they're going to lose those 21. Then when you have another 17 and tilt Democrat, lean Democrat, in a wave election, they're gone. And then you have 18 likely Democrats where places like New York 4, that's an open seat where Anthony Desposito is looking to fill Rice's seat, where the Nassau elections I was telling you about happened last year, he could win. Sean Patrick Maloney's in a fight in a primary in the Hudson Valley. He's the head of the Democrat campaign committee. He could lose. They mad at him for changing his seat. So you've got opportunities in blue areas that the Republicans are looking to sweep. And remember, when you took the House, and we saw this in 2010 with the Republicans in 2014, there were races we didn't expect to come in. I mean, Rostenkowski lost to Flanagan in 94. Flanagan didn't spend any money. And that was in downtown Chicago. So you would have thought it was impossible. That's wild. To wrap up, I want to go to something where you and your entire team have been extraordinarily valuable. And that's the American Majority Project, which we've been working on now for several years. And it seems to me, and our listeners can go to AmericanMajorityProject.com We've learned a lot about a potential emerging majority that is much bigger than the Republican Party and in a way much broader in attracting people on sort of core values like restoring the America that works. I mean, have you found working on the American Majority Project has been helpful and then revisiting traditional politics? I think it's very helpful for the candidates because you and your team have laid out a vision And again, we ask these questions as an acid test. So when we asked about, you know, are you more or less likely to vote for a Republican candidate who believes the best way to combat inflation, improve the economy, make things affordable is to put more money back in the pockets of workers and families, provide tax relief, create jobs, et cetera, and helping businesses grow, 70% of all voters said they're more likely to vote for a Republican. And you think that a lot of Democrats would say no and automatically reject it. And what happens is you've got issues like that on whether it's the national debt, 69% more likely vote Republican. You know, the idea of stop stealing from our kids' future, 67% more likely to vote Republican. So a lot of candidates can't afford to ask these questions. But this is a national survey and you've got the voters there. And basically, you've got 62% of all voters saying that they would vote for the new American majority on 15 of the 24 issues you tested. Plus, you've got another group, 15%, they would consider voting for the Republican. So you've got three quarters of the voters up for grabs and with those persuadables added to the new American majority. They're not Republicans. And a lot of them are diverse. They're not the usual voters. Only 25% 
don't move on most of these issues. And that's what you call the big government socialists. You know, we're just never going to get them. We haven't quite broken them loose, no matter how bad the pain level. But it's a roadmap for Republicans to really not limit their voting to just gathering Republicans doing the base, but broadening the coalition and creating an American coalition that could really just swamp out the Democrats so that maybe we're more than 56 seats in the House. Maybe we win 60, 70. Well, I have to say that it was working with you and your team, thinking all this through, and I give a lot of credit to Joe DeSantis on at Gingrich 60, who's been playing a lead role in this, and Joe Gaylord, who's been my partner in doing these things since the early 1980s. But together, that really helped me shape and develop the new book on defeating big government socialism, because suddenly you could see from all of this background data, listening to the American people, and it struck me the other week that this is the heart of the Lincoln Republican Party, that when Lincoln talked about government of the people, by the people, and for the people, he was really trying to send all of us a signal that, you know, you ought to listen to the people, that it's their country, not yours. And I think the work you're doing, John, is just astonishing. And I want to thank you for joining me. The times we've worked together, it's just remarkable. And you have such a deep understanding of the American people. And I think it's going to be a very exciting year. And frankly, I'm honored to call you both colleague and friend. Well, thank you. And I tell you, your book, it's mandatory reading for the pollsters in our office. But in the meantime, I know my brother Jim and Stu Polk and Brian Larkin and Brittany Davin and Keith Zig, the people that worked with your team to provide the research you needed, they were flattered when you not only put the ideas out that inspire them, but you also mentioned them. So it was a real honor for us. And now we just got to win the election on November 8th. Thank you to my guest, John McLaughlin. You can learn more about the polling we discussed today on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howe, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. 
United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.